Um, did we ever? Did anybody on Twitter ever like say who the starting left tackle will be for the Panthers this week? Unless anybody something ever? happens, it should be Dennis Daly. Yeah. All right. So I'll make sure I leave that as Dennis Daly slash Daryl Williams. Then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seems safe. Yeah. Let's go! Newton has to play action fakes. It's a pass in the zone. Yes, touchdown to Greg Olson. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Hello and welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is your Panthers versus 49ers edition of this podcast. This is Brian joined by Brad and John. Brad, how are you doing on this fine evening? I'm doing well, thank you. And John, how are you doing this on this fine evening? Also, also well. Good. I'm glad we're all doing well. Um, so the Panthers will finally have some football to play. That bye week did seem a little bit long, as it always does. But here we are. The Panthers are four and two, four and zero with Kyle Allen as a starting quarterback, and they will face the undefeated 49ers at the 49ers. So this is a really big game, especially with Cam Newton's health in flux, because we don't really know if he'll be back next week or the following week or even the following week after that. So right now the Panthers are just trying to keep the momentum going. So here we are against Jimmy G, AKA Jimmy G's because of how much money he's making and a very good Kyle Shanahan. Thousands of dollars. Thousands. Not hundreds of thousands, just thousands. Um, Lots of thousands of dollars. Thousands of thousands of dollars. Panthers fans should be very familiar with the 49ers head coach, Kyle Shanahan. He is uh, the guy who used to lead some pretty awful drives to watch as Panthers fans against the Panthers as the Falcons offensive coordinator. Um they also have a really, very, really, really good defense. Uh, very good front seven. This is a big test for this Panthers team. Like, I know the Panthers and Kyle Allen have been four and zero since he took over, but this is the really the biggest challenge they've had against the defense since he took over. Um, Brad, I'll start with you. Uh, looking at this Panthers offense versus the 49ers defense, what's the biggest thing you're watching or biggest key to the game that you're seeing uh going in for the Panthers offense. Of course it's Kyle Allen, the franchise. Come on now. Just Kyle Allen, like not just anything Kyle, in particular, just nothing else. Just Kyle <laughs> Allen. No, um all kidding aside, Christian McCaffrey cannot rush for 50 yards on 30 carries on Sunday. Um they have to find a way to use him to be an outlet for Kyle Allen because this is going to be the toughest task that he's faced all so far. I mean, he's played a very bad Cardinals team. He's played a mediocre Texans team, a mediocre Jaguars team, and a decent Bucks defense. Uh, so this is going to be the real – is he a backup quarterback or is he a potential starting quarterback test? Um, and he's going to need Christian McCaffrey. So we're going to have to see another, I don't want to say the word dominating because I don't think that's going to happen no matter what. I think San Francisco is just too good for that. But I think we need to see a standard Christian McCaffrey performance this week, as opposed to what we saw last time, the Panthers played against Tampa Bay. Real quick on Kyle Allen, since we haven't talked about him enough. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I watched some Cam Newton stuff from 2018 the other day, and it is so striking 
how much better Cam Newton is than Kyle Allen. And not just in terms of like the, the arm talent and stuff like that, because if you want to talk about the injuries, just like the pocket presence, the decision-making, the, the, when he was with his foot, obviously better, the athleticism, the ball placement, like just so much better. I don't Wait, know are, what, what God, are you, you talking about? Hate? Are you talking about when, when Cam Newton went zero and eight in his last uh, eight starts? Or is that what yes. you're talking about? Okay. Yes. I just want to make sure that that, that was what you were talking <laughs> about and not the beginning of the 2018 season, which I don't really recall at all. It's kind of it, like, it really never of, happened. Yeah. It's, I haven't it's seen kind of like good all Cam since 2015. <laughs> yeah. But I think to answer your question i think the the thing i'm watching for or paying or hoping for is uh the offense and kyle Allen in particular since he'll have the ball every play to take care of the ball because i don't think the 49ers are going to be able to consistently generate offense against the panthers defense so just like the uh the offense is not going to have to give the 49ers short fields like may, we might be best off just punting it on first down every drive i want you to stop getting ahead of yourself about the Panthers defense, first of all, against the 49ers offense. We're talking about the Panthers defense or the Panthers offense versus the 49ers defense. Well, so the two just, go hand in hand in me the, saying the two that. Do they, though? Yes. Do they know? Yes. Because I, don't know. Because I, don't know I can't, that. I have to, I have to give context as to why it's important that the offense take care of the football. That's like saying Ron Rivera and uh, Eric Washington go hand in hand. Like, I just don't see what, what, what you're getting at there. Um, so looking at the 49ers defense, just depth chart wise, they got D Ford left defensive end. Nick Bosa is his backup, who was the top pick in this draft. They got DeForest Buckner as a defensive tackle. That was a former first round pick. They have Eric Armstead. That was a former first round pick. Those are all on the defensive line. They have Quan Alexander, who was pretty good for the Buccaneers a few years ago as a fourth round pick. They have Richard Sherman, obviously well-known, very good corner. They have Jimmy Warden, Jaquiski Tart at safety. So really just all across this defense, a lot of good pieces. And not really a challenge that the Panthers have had to face since Kyle Allen took over at quarterback. I mean, I know Shaq Barrett's good, but he's not like nine players worth of first-round picks good. Um, so I guess what I'm looking at here is the Panthers have played really well, like on the offensive line, as, as Eric said last week, they've been really running the ball. Well, um, the receivers, there's a first round pick and a second round pick mixed in with Greg Olson and Christian McCaffrey, but this is a really good defense. Um, and they have been stifling offenses since they since the whole year started, to be honest. And uh, it's it, it's not a good situation for Carolina's offense, especially even though the offensive line looks very healthy right now. That left tackle position, no matter who's playing there, they're going to get beat up on Sunday. Uh, John, why don't you like elaborate a little bit on the offensive line matchup as far as uh, this goes, if you have any anything to say there? Um. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know if there's any spot along the offensive line where I feel like, oh, we're fine there. We just have to manage, like, you know, it's not like we're like, oh, we'll, we'll be fine in the interior. We just have to help the tackles. Or we're fine on the left side. We just have to help the right side. Like, I feel like we're just outmatched across the board. Yeah. Not good. I mean, yeah, it's not good. Um. The Panthers will have Trey Turner and Taylor Moten, who are their normal starting right side out there. And uh, will, they, obviously... will they, though? Well, Turner's practiced the last two games, or two days, so I would expect that he will probably play. Probably. Le- left side worries me, though, because I don't know who the hell they're going to put there at left tackle. That's the big problem, yes. Yeah. Because ele- you would think that Dennis Daly would have already earned that spot with Greg Little being out in the concussion protocol, but this is Ron Rivera we're talking about, and Daryl Williams was the starting left tackle to start the season. Brad, what do you think of that as far as the left tackle position goes? It should be Dennis Daly's job. 
I know what you what what it should be. I'm asking you to give me a realistic take on it. I just did. Hmm? <laughs> I do I mean, think the coaching staff, for as much as much as much crap as we give them for their um their rigid, how rigid they are, they when stuff gets that obvious as daily over Williams at left tackle, they seem to accept it. Yeah, like yeah, John basically just said what I really wanted to say. I mean that even. Even Ron Rivera's insistence on playing veterans sometimes more than he should, even even knowing that, he knows that Dennis Daly is better at left tackle than Daryl Williams. And Daryl Williams is only here for one year. He signed a one-year deal. Dennis Daly has three more years at least on the roster. So you want to get him acclimated to – his teammates as much as possible and then add in the fact that he's better and he also doesn't have a wooden leg, which <laughs> apparently Daryl Williams has. And it's not that difficult of a choice to make. And if Ron continues to keep trying to make Daryl Williams at left tackle happen, then he's either lost his mind or there's something else going on. Understood. Yeah, like on the the veteran thing, it's like the coaching staff would play like a C plus veteran over an A minus rookie, but they won't play like a D veteran over an A minus rookie. Yeah. Hopefully that's the case. <laughs> um so before we move on to the offense, um just one last thing. So obviously Richard Sermon's a problem for uh any receiver the Panthers put up against him. Um, the 49ers other corner is, Akel, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce that. It's, uh, Akello Witherspoon. Yeah. Akello um, Witherspoon. Yeah. And, uh, he appears to be an overachiever for them as, uh, he was selected. He was the 11th cornerback selected in the 2017 draft, but he appears to be playing a bit over that. Um, so looking at the passing game, I know. DJ Moore has mainly been the leading receiver for the Panthers over the last few games. Um, this could be a tough one for him and Curtis Samuel. Uh, I'm not really sure who is the X factor as far as the receiving game goes. I mean, I know Greg Olson's obviously always a factor to consider, but you, he can go anywhere from a hundred yards to like 10 during this season. So, John, give me your take on the uh, Panthers receiving game versus the 49ers DB game. John, do you get a feeling that we're writing Brian's key matchups article for him? <laughs> it does sound like that. Like you're going to read this key matchups piece this earlier this morning or later today or whenever it comes out. It's just going to be like a transcript of the podcast. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm just trying to give a more in-depth breakdown since we already talked about the Buccaneers. So, And I'll give my takes as well. <laughs> and but I also I wasn't going to use um, either of the receivers as key matchups. I actually going to use Greg Greg Olson as one of the key matchups. So fuck off. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I don't think that Samuel Moore... quickly. <laughs> it did. I don't think Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are going to get a lot of opportunities on Sunday. I don't think Allen's going to be comfortable enough to look that far away from himself to throw the ball. So I think the majority of the targets are going to go to Sam, or to uh, Olsen and McCaffrey. And then Samuel and Moore will probably get most of their looks on like bubble screens and basic like one, like first read comeback routes type stuff. But even then, I think those will be limited. I don't even care who the 49ers cornerbacks are. I just don't think Allen wants to test the outside against pressure. Well, so here's where I... Here's why I kind of disagree, only because they he did that against the Buccaneers a little bit. He, he didn't do it great all the time. It wasn't consistent, but he did try it. And I felt I felt that that was a good play by Norv Turner to actually do that and challenge them vertically down the field a little bit. I kind of want to see a little more of that because I feel like teams are now starting to figure out, okay, Kyle Allen can't win the game on his own. So I don't know. It's yeah, but Tampa Bay's pass rush and pass defense isn't anything like the four hours. Yeah, that is true. like Shaquille Barrett has nine sacks. The rest of their the rest of their entire defense has four. So 
It's it's. I think he'll be made uncomfortable, and when he's uncomfortable, I don't. He doesn't really force the issue. I gotcha. We have to keep in mind that this 49ers defense has held the last three opponents to like 100 yards passing, 78 and 76 yards passing, which is ridiculous in 2019. It's almost like defending the pass leads to winning. <laughs> That's not true. But <laughs> but like that those numbers are ridiculous for 3 games in a row to hold if you t- if you count sacks, 3 games in a row holding the opposing team to under 100 yards passing. That's that's very intimidating. Yeah, that's hashtag pretty good. Um, Brad, and just to, for for clarification, their last three games have been Washington, the Rams, and the Browns. So yes, Baker and the Rams Mayfield, and Jared ba- Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, and whoever started for Washington, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Okay. I didn't know I didn't yeah. know if they had gone to Dwayne Haskins or not. All nah, quarterbacks were not as good as Kyle Allen. <laughs> I I think that's a pretty fair group. Not I mean, I don't think he's as good as Mayfield can be, but I don't think that's a group that Allen's better or, or worse than. I think you could you could safely argue him to be in that tier of player. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Jared Goff is a good comparison. Like he can mm-hmm. win if you put the right, right coaching staff, right players around him. Uh, but he's not going to take. If you're losing by 13 points with four minutes to go, he's not going to come back and win the game for you. Like yeah, or elevate the, a sub or elevate. Yeah, he's not going to put the team on his back and elevate yeah. it like an Aaron Rodgers or a Cam Newton or even a, a Matt Ryan at some time. Yeah. Some points, you know, they're. They're one and six right now, but it's not because of Matt Ryan. <laughs> uh, Matt Ryan what is having an MVP wreck. caliber year, but their defense <laughs> is such a train wreck that they can't they can't stop anybody. Um, Matt Ryan's going to throw for five thousand yards and forty touchdowns, and they're going to win two, two games. Teams. Yeah, <laughs> I do want to point one thing out before we move on to the uh, Panthers' defense. Um, I did mention Akello Witherspoon. Uh, he's apparently mm-hmm. been out for the last two practices with a foo injury. Foo? And oh, no, not the foo. Yeah, it's so on their official website, he has a foo injury and he hasn't practiced <laughs> the last two days. So it seems pretty that, serious. That sounds pretty devastating. I don't know what a foo is, but uh, that could be bad. So maybe the receivers will have a chance to shine, whichever one's not covered by. Richard Sherman. So, um, moving on to the offense Defense. of the 49ers. Good save. The 49ers <laughs> just traded for wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, which, looking at the receiver core before that, I am not overly impressed. And even with him, I'm not overly impressed still. Uh, Marquise Goodwin seems like he's a big play guy. Uh, they got Dante Pettis, who I know a lot of uh, the fantasy football gurus out there were high on as like a, a high ceiling player, but I don't know if that's really panned out for them so far. He's been um, bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Panthers will have James Bradbury, obviously. Dante Jackson is returning, and Ross Cockrell is coming off of some really good games as the Panthers stand in corner. Um, looking at the 49ers passing game for Jimmy G's, uh, it's almost looking like the Panthers have an advantage there. Uh, Brad, I'll start with you. What do you think about that? I think they can have an advantage. I don't think, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win this game. Uh, if, if the Panthers can shut down the 49ers running game, which is their strength on offense, I think there's a good chance that we can win this game. Uh, The only way I see us just straight up losing it is if we try to make Kyle Allen do too much. Um, But as far as our defense is concerned, I don't, I'm not that worried about, Especially if Dante Jackson plays, I'm not that worried about the secondary. I'm not that worried, even with Emmanuel Sanders. 
Uh, he's only been with them for what will have been four or five days once we play. Um, so there's only so much, you know, of the offense he can absorb in that time period. So he shouldn't be that much of a factor. He's probably going to catch 200 yards and three touchdowns because I said that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm I'm not that worried, if especially if Dante Jackson plays, because uh, I think that gives us an advantage, like you said. Uh, we just have to be able to contain um, their running backs. And I know yeah. John hates doing that, but no, I honestly I've completely forgot about Emmanuel Sanders when I was writing my defensive preview. God yeah. damn, it, John. <laughs> but it's the the 49ers receiving core is so funny because every single player is either young or, or cast off, and they're all fast and they're all between like five eleven and six one and about two hundred pounds. It's just like five of the same person of like generic wide receiver number three. Yeah. So I'm not worried about the passing game. Jimmy Garoppolo is also very much very similar to what we have at quarterback, what the Panthers have at quarterback. Um, he's yeah, not Jimmy very Garoppolo is what you get when you give when you get caught up in a four and zero record with no interceptions. Yeah, he's um that's the downside. <laughs> yeah, he's very uh I think he's like the fourth worst average yard like fourth lowest average yard air yards to the sticks in term and that means uh only three quarterbacks throw shorter of the than the first down like it's correctly here only three quarterbacks throw short of the sticks more than he does it's kind of they are luke no they're <laughs> luke falk mitch trubisky and teddy bridgewater wow that's which is not not a good company I didn't think I, I I'm actually kind of surprised that Teddy Bridgewater is there. Yeah, I think that's a result of him using Kamara and Michael Thomas in the short areas of the field yeah. a lot. Like I understand Luke Falk and um, Mitch Trubisky being there because <laughs> they're not good. <laughs> they're not very good. Um, but you know, I figure Teddy B would be better than that. But like yeah. you said, they they use they use Kamara like we use McCaffrey. Yeah, and then next is Jacoby Brissett, which is kind of surprising, and then Derek Carr, which is not surprising because he's the king of throwing the check down on uh, after 1.5 seconds on third and 15. Yeah. But um, so I think that's kind of – I'm not scared of Garoppolo at all. He's also not exactly careful with the ball. He's thrown six interceptions this year um, despite yeah. not being asked to do a ton. Yeah, so he's think, not Jameis Winston, but he's not Tom Brady either. Yeah. Well, what the thing that's funny, so next gen, you know, NFL is their next gen stats and they have a stat called aggressive aggressiveness, which is how, like what percentage of a quarterback's throws are thrown into tight windows. And Jimmy Garoppolo has a very low percentage, like a very low aggressiveness percentage. Yet somehow he's thrown a lot of interceptions, which to me, means he's just like wildly inaccurate at times and throws the ball straight to the other team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only receiver they have that I'm even remotely concerned about is their tight end. Yes, Kittle's good. Kittle is very good. He's got like half their targets this year. Yeah, he's he's their version of Greg Olson, what Greg Olson was for us for those three years when he was a thousand yards a season. I think yeah, he's yeah. actually better, to be honest. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, he but, is. But I mean, that's that's the comparison. Their their offense in general is very analogous to the Panthers' offense in 2015, and they're, really their team construction in general. But um, they have a tight end that dominates their passing game, and then all the wide receivers kind of suck, and they lean on their multifaceted running game. Well, that's a Kyle. Shanahan staple as well. Um, that was something that he did in Atlanta with uh, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Um, mm-hmm. They were obviously very featured, both of them, in that offense in Atlanta, which is one that shredded Carolina back in 2016, uh, even 2017 at times. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about the scheme that they're going to run because Kyle Shanahan knows how to play the Panthers defense and granted it's a different defense now schematically but it's not fundamentally all that different from the 
defenses we've seen over the last, I don't know, nine years or so. Yeah, and then they have Tevin Coleman, who last year was like the Panthers' kryptonite. Yeah, and he's come back from injury and only been better. Plus, they got Matt Breda, who's like a Fast he's less of a, yeah he's like less of a runner as far as like running between the tackles than Tevin Coleman, but he's like a better receiver out of the backfield. Yeah. So that's and, a problem. He's also just like I said, very fast. Like he's got the fi- highest clock speed of uh, any ball carrier in the NFL this season. And he tends to It's not math. It's a, it's a measurement. You and your calculators. <laughs> is an odometer oh, math? Yes. Or a speedometer? I mean, is a speedometer Are there numbers math? involved? Are there numbers involved? Yes. Then that, that makes it math. I mean, yeah. technically, it is math. I guess it's technically math if you consider it's like, yeah, a, I mean, a you're number. Comparing, of math. You're comparing his speed to somebody else's. <laughs> I guess that's yes. That's some like second grade level math. That's yeah. math for you. <laughs> greater than or math. less than. Yep. Like twenty-two point cool. twenty-two is greater than twenty-one. Yep. Sure. Calculus <laughs> majors in here. Um. So yeah, we did touch on the uh, 49ers rushing game, and I know John hates talking about running the ball at all because he says it's inherently a, inefficient. Yes, inefficient play. But the 49ers have been a very successful rushing offense. I want to say they're like second in the league right now. They're second in yards per game. Yeah. Which means they are committed to running the ball. Um, The thing that I worry about for the Panthers defense is not as much the defense itself as that the offense could be subject to a low scoring rushing affair as well. So it's a matter of which team is going to run the ball better or which team is going to score more points in a conservative rushing the ball effort. Um, John, I know you're the king of the whole probability and analytics version of this. So I'll let you uh, take that off and uh, analyze it for us. So the 49ers only average 4.4 yards per carry, which is 12th in the league. Their their yards per game is what? 12th is only, only what? 12th? It's still like better than twenty other teams, but yeah, sure. I mean, it's 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 firmly in the middle tier of teams. It's not like yeah. is uh. it is in the second quadrant of teams. Okay, I'll give you that. It is in the middle third of teams. Um, but it's if if a team is ranked twelfth in something, you don't say, all right, this is a thing that we have to worry about. Like it's just like okay, they're decent at this. But if you're the Panthers, you do. Sure, but <laughs> um, <laughs> so they average four and a half, or yeah, a little under four and a half yards per carry. I think the Panthers will be fine. The only issue the Panthers will have is if they let the like let Tevin Coleman gash them repeatedly, like they did last year. I think if they if they do the thing where they give up like two big runs that make up like ninety percent of the rushing yards they allow, which is what they've done most of the time this year they'll be all right. What do you think of that, Brad? What? What John Me. just said. I, I said I stuff. Was, I'm sorry, I didn't hear him. He's researching his next uh, take that he was going to talk about, I'm sure. So what I asked John was comparing the Panthers rushing offense versus, well, versus the 49ers rushing offense because it seems like it's kind of probably come down to that. You and John talk be- about running the ball? Yeah, because John <laughs> said that basically it's not going to matter unless Tevin Coleman gashes the Panthers like he did last year, which is kind of likely, to be honest. So um, also the Kyle Shanahan offense is built around not just running the ball, but getting the running backs the ball in space with the passing game as well. Um, it's something that he did really well in Atlanta. It's something he's doing well right now with uh, the 49ers. So what do you think of that? Are the Panthers, do the Panthers have an edge as far as, obviously they have Christian McCaffrey, but the 49ers have several options on the rushing side there that they actually use rather than just letting him sit on the bench and maybe run the ball two or three times a game. Yeah, I don't think either team really has an edge. I think it's basically even. I think both teams do well at getting their running backs in space. And 
I do agree with John. I don't think running the ball per se is going to win this game unless Tevin Coleman gashes us a couple of times. Um, I think that Breda and McCaffrey are going to basically wash each other out. I don't think either one of them are going to score a touchdown. Um, so I don't, I don't really think it's going to be that consequential to the final result. But I wouldn't say that we have an edge, so to speak. I also wouldn't say that the 49ers have an edge. Just a, just a real quick thing. The 49ers success rate over average running the ball is 0.2%. See, they're better than everybody else. <laughs> yes. They're very, they're very good over left guard, and they're good on the outside, which is where the Panthers sometimes struggle, depending on the opponent. But everything between the tackles, for the most part, they struggle with. I think my concern, and this is something I voiced with the Jaguars game, which the Panthers obviously won. And as John thought, I will concede this to him, the Jaguars are going to throw the ball more than they threw it, than they ran it, really. Um, my concern is when the Panthers run into a team who can, who can commit to the run, and from a game situation standpoint they can still continue to commit to the run that's where i'm a little concerned with this panthers defense because it's a little lighter than we would see in the in the past obviously moving from a four three to three four and having all these athletic pass rushers means you gotta you gotta settle somewhere and that seems to be where they've settled is less of the bulk in the middle don terry poe has played well uh especially as like the point of attack guy where he can dictate where the ball is going to go. So ideally the Panthers seem to be in a good situation against the rushing game of the 49ers. It's just from what I've seen the 49ers this year, they are really committed to running the football. I'm not super worried about that. I know you aren't. You're, ne- you're <laughs> never worried about that. Let me, if uh, I'm, I'm filling time right now to see where this is. Okay. The 49ers run the ball on 57% of their first and second downs in one-score games, trying to get rid of like garbage time and stuff and th- obvious passing situations. Their success rate on those is 46%. It's not bad. It's not great. It's not bad. League average is 47% on runs. 50% on passes for what it's worth, but you know, whatever. I know what you, I know. Hey, anytime know you passes. can be 50%, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know how 50% is the golden number in football. I swear yeah. that's why a lot of football fans don't understand advanced numbers and statistics, is because of Mick Mixon. <laughs> saying shit, saying shit Actually, like well, they're happy with being at 50% in the red zone well that means they're like 28th in the league I don't I think see, they're happy about that I want to see where that would rank right now Brian what I, were you going to say I was going to say Brad I I know what you were getting at but I don't know if our podcast listeners know the exact context of what you're getting at so just explain that for a second Explain what about Mick Mixon? Mick Mixon brainwashing Panthers fans into accepting mediocre. Oh yeah, I mean, I have a I have a theory that that Panthers fans are are okay with accepting mediocrity because Mick Mixon calls our football games on the radio and he says things like the Panthers are should be happy that they're at fifty percent efficiency in the red zone. You know, he says that kind of stuff all the time. And when you listen to Mick Mixon and you hear that, you think, oh, well, that must be pretty good because Mick Mixon said it was good when it's not. And that's why we're okay with going nine and seven one year and then six and 10 the next year because, hey, we almost won half of our games. It's fine. 50% touchdown percentage in the red zone would be. Uh, tied for 21st right now with yeah. the Saints. Good. The Jets and the Dolphins. Yeah, see, the, <laughs> the Dolphins are over and the Jets have won, what, one, one game? Yeah, one. So you have the Saints, which it has to be an anomaly, and it has to be because Drew Brees is out. Like, that has to be why they're so poor in the red zone. Yeah, the that, stuff's That still, would be my guess. 
eight games, even though it's half the NFL season, or seven games, six, seven it's games. A, yeah, it's team. an extremely small sample. Too. Yeah, it, it still has, there's still time for it to normalize. But yeah, People, but you're also looking at two of the, the three or four worst teams in the league are yeah. also in that group. So that should way, tell you all you need to know about whether or not that's a good number. People don't like to talk about it, but the entire NFL season is really a small sample size. Yeah, it is. Which is why there's so much variability from season to season. Yeah, 16 games is an incredibly small sample. For people who like basketball, that'd be like determining the NBA playoffs if everybody played one quarter games for 16. <laughs> like that's yeah, the, and, that's and the and amount for, of possessions there are in a football season. Yeah, and for baseball fans, that's the football season is the equivalent of like one inning. Yeah. Or or one game because they Pretty play much. 162. Just imagine, imagine how much stuff would change if if those seasons were so much shorter. Yeah. But yeah, I. In general, though, back to this this game, I have no concerns with the defense at all. Like the 49ers, their their numbers are good. Like their their gross numbers are good. But that's because they get to run it so much, and they get to run so much from ahead, and their efficiency doesn't have to like, matter so much because. They're just winning game. Their defense isn't allowing any points. So I think this really is going to be about which offense has to move the ball the least. I think that's who wins the game is the team that has the fewest yards to cover to score points. Yeah. I mean, we also have to consider the fact that the 49ers haven't really played anybody uh they beat the buccaneers they beat the bengals they beat the steelers and i think they the steelers did not have big ben by the time they played no they the had Rudolph. um yeah. they've played the browns they did beat the rams but the rams were in self-destruct mode there for a couple of weeks and they beat washington so they haven't really played anybody they're they're kind of like we are uh you know because i mean we played the rams um we played Tampa Bay twice and we played um, Texans and the Jaguars. So, you know, neither one of us have really played a good team. The, the 49ers we're, are the, the Patriots of the NFC. Yeah. We're the, we're each the first quality opponent that each other have played. Yeah. Yeah. The Panthers have played a tougher schedule. Like the Ram. Oh, well, they both played the Rams. Like the Texans are probably tougher than anybody the 49ers have faced. But that's about it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even the Texans are four and three. Like, they're good, but they're not, like, you know, a contender. Or they don't seem to be one right now. Yeah, and full they credit also... to the 49ers. They're beating the crap out of their opponents. <laughs> yes. Like, they, they, you know, 31 to 17, 41 to 17, 31 to 3, 20 to 7. Like, they're not skating by. Their closest games were against Pittsburgh, where they won by four, and then last week in Washington, where they won by nine. But they played in a literal monsoon. They also like turned the ball something over. Something wrong with the field. They turned the ball over five times against Pittsburgh. In that, that's why that game was so close. Yeah. Jimmy G. Let's see. Jimmy. That's what we got to hope for from Jimmy G. He threw two interceptions and fumbled it twice. Jimmy G's. Um, so how about scoring predictions? Um, let's go with John. Give me your scoring prediction. Panthers are going to win uh, 10 to 6. So basically just like 2013? Yeah, 2013, that's pretty much what it's going to be. The We won the one game, what, 10 to 9 or something? Yeah, it was like nine to six or some shit like that, or ten to six. The nine, I remember because we won despite scoring less than the Forty ers Like we got, we got two scores, but one was a touchdown. They got three scores, but they're all field goals. So ten to nine sounds right. Yeah, I will use Google and find out. How about you do your scoring prediction, and I'll use Google while you. Well, I've already found it. Well, okay. It's ten to nine, right? Because ten to I, nine. I looked it up earlier today. Yeah, D. Will scored a long touchdown at the end of the second half. I want to say, and uh, the Panthers we came back and scored and kicked a 
Graham Gano kicked a game-winning field goal, 53-yard field goal in with 10 minutes the left. fourth quarter with 10 minutes left to win 10 to 9. We were losing we were losing 9 to nothing at in this at one point and we came back and won <laughs> 10 to 9. See, that's that's a lot like what I see this game going like because they had the 80-yard drive that ended with the Williams touchdown, but then the field goal drive was seven plays, nine yards. Yeah. Two of their three field goal drives were 16 yards and 17 yards. Like, yeah. that's that's what I see this Sunday being like. Yeah, Cam was 16 of 32 for 169 yards and an interception, and Colin Kaepernick was 11 of 22 for 91 yards and an interception. I I see that being what we see um, with different quarterbacks, obviously. But um, D'Angelo Williams had eight carries, 46 yards, and a touchdown. Frank Gore, who is still in the league, Frank Gore had 16 carries for 82 yards. Fun fact. So I, big- I, I see that being what we what we have. Frank Gore was not the one to surrender that big fumble where Thomas Davis lit the guy up in the – in the hole, I want to say it was uh, Kendall Hunter. Uh, Kendall Hunter, yeah, he lit him up in the hole, and that was what caused one of the scores for the Panthers. That was a great game. I I would love to see a repeat of that this week. Um, I think you will. I don't know if you want to see it. I'm looking at the drive summary. Yeah, field goal, punt, 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 field goal, punt, punt, interception, field goal, touchdown. So we got on a roll there. Punt, punt, miss field goal, fumble, punt, punt, field goal, punt, 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 punt interception it's a lot of punts so if you like like punting loved it um so my scoring prediction is i think that this is the game where kyle allen comes back down to earth uh i think the panthers lose 28 to 14 and i think 28 i think i don't i don't think the teams are going to score 28 points together much less one team (laughs) doing it you never know, man. When a team actually can score on turnovers and not just kick field goals several times, they can score a lot of points that way. Um, I was going to say that I think Kyle Allen will throw two to three picks this game, and all of them will result in points. So that's my <laughs> optimistic outlook. That's that's a very that's a bold take to to say the 49ers. I guess they, the Panthers have given up a decent amount of points the last couple of weeks. I think it's not as much about the Panthers' defense being bad. Just as get those big plays. Yeah, the I think the big plays will be a big factor, and I think that the Panthers' offense won't move the ball to the extent that we're used to. And when I say we're used to, I mean that they won't get the turnovers that they're used to. Um, so I think that people will be kind of pissed at North Turner after this week because – all of a sudden they'll look like they have a, an offense that doesn't know how to move the ball because they don't get seven turnovers this game. So that's where I'm at, but I'm also the eternal pessimist and that's what I do. So the the over under is at 42, which seems high. Take the under. That's an insanely high over under. I will say it's that not even the lowest over under. I will say how that, is that how did that name not have the lowest over under? Sorry to keep interrupting. Fine. Um, Who I was does gonna... have the lowest over under? <laughs> uh, let's see. Chargers at Bears is over under forty. Jets at Jaguars is forty one. Tonight's game, Thursday night's game, is at forty two. Um. Uh, Panthers. This place. This site has Panthers at forty nine at forty one. So it would be Bears and Chargers is the only one that's lower. That and then sense. Jets and Jaguars is the same. But I would still I would still take the under. Yeah. I don't gamble or bet on football, but I would take the under. Yeah, I don't see both teams cracking twenty points. I don't either. Don't have enough high powered offenses, but we'll see. So 28 to 14 was just a was just mainly a throw a shot in the dark but I do think like <laughs> about that uh I think the 49ers still win this game. So I I I always pick the Panthers to win but I 
like I don't I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if the Panthers lose. Then we get Cam Newton the following week and everything is happy. Hooray. I hope so. Miss miss watching that guy. Yeah, he's so good. Um <laughs> So anything else we want to touch on before we uh move on and get out of here? I'd uh, like to give my story prediction. Oh yeah, do that. <laughs> if that's okay with you. Sure. Um, I'm going to give my scoring prediction and a bold prediction to go with it that goes hand in hand. I feel like I, your predictions are always bold, but okay. Uh, this one's actually going to be serious. <laughs> 150 I, to 6. I thought about doing like 150 to 6, but I'm actually going to be more serious on this one because I legitimately think that this is the kind of game we're going to get. I think the Panthers are going to win 16 to 9. And I think that the only score, the only touchdown is going to be a Dante Jackson pick six. Ooh. I don't think either offense will score a touchdown. I don't hate that. I've alluded to it. I don't know if I've said it on the show or internet for everyone. to. We've talked about it. I really want to see how the narrative goes if the Panthers win a game without scoring an offensive touchdown. Like, does Kyle yeah. Allen still just win? Or is it like, oh, maybe it's not just the quarterback play? And that's exactly what I kind of am hoping for. Like, I want to see Kyle Allen have a 17 for 35 for 150 yards, no touchdowns, throw an interception. We end up with, you know, nine points off of, out of the offense because of Joey Sly. And we're tied – nine to nine or we're winning nine to six in the fourth quarter and Dante Jackson seals it with a pick six. Like that's what I want to happen (laughs) Um, because a, we win B Kyle Allen comes back down to earth a little bit and C, I just want to see how people will react to it. Yeah. Cause I know there are going to be some people who are going to say, all he does is win. (laughs) It's, I just wanted to be – it could be no clearer that it was a, a defensive win, and I want to see if the, the narrative stays the same. Yeah, and I think it will. And that's the part I'm looking forward to the most is a lot of people telling on themselves. Yeah. But I probably shouldn't be hating on Kyle Allen. <laughs> you're just fueling Allen more – Yeah, you're just fueling Kyle Allen's – Ability to keep winning football games, Brad. That's what you're doing. I mean, hey, if if that's what happens, that's great. I mean, that means we found a good game manager for our backup quarterback when Cam comes back. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, the, if nothing else, if we found our I don't Nick know, Foles. Good, Nick Foles. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even really know who a good backup quarterback is anymore. Um, <laughs> but if if we found our Matt Nick Moore. Foles or Matt Moore or um, Teddy Benny Testaverde. Yeah, or Brian Fitzpatrick or, you know, somebody who can win a couple of games. That's great. You know, usually you have to spend two or three million dollars to get a washed up guy who can't hack it as a starter. And you already know that he like Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's usually what you have to do. But if we've got Kyle Allen at a half a million dollars next year as an exclusive rights free agent, that's great. Totally agree. The Panthers could potentially have a steal with Kyle Allen, plus they have a third backup locked in for the next four years on the cheap. So, and I mean, and you know, we haven't really talked about this that much. I mean, it's been mentioned (laughs) casually uh, in comment sections, but Cam Newton could say after next year, he could just say, I don't want to play football anymore. You know, he could just say say that I'm, I'm tired of rehab. I'm tired of being hurt. I'm tired of this, that, or the other, like Andrew Luck did. and, And he, he already has plenty of money. Uh, he wants to run a cigar store that he has. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, he legitimately has invested in a cigar in a cigar bar. Um, 
he's into fashion. He he's a um, promoter for various products. Like he doesn't need the money. So what's to say he doesn't just wake up one day and say, you know, I don't want to put my body at risk anymore for people who don't who don't appreciate it. I have breaking news. Oh boy. It's not breaking for people listening to this by now, but Dwayne Haskins is in the game. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter a few minutes ago. Just yeah, thought that'd be fun. I saw it while I was celebrating Joseph Martinez sealing Atlanta <laughs> United winning. That's why I, did, I spaced out on that question, Brian. I was um, watching the other football. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Um, <laughs> he threw a sidearm pass to Adrian Peterson on his first play. Uh, that's guys. If I've if I've heard if I've learned anything from commentators talking about Matthew Stafford, if you throw a sidearm, you have a future in this league. Philip Rivers has been doing it for what fifteen years now. <laughs> Farb used to throw some sick sidearms. It's just so funny though. Like Matthew Stafford will like dip his arm angle to throw a screen pass, and announcers like, "Oh my God, this guy and the arm talent." Even though Matthew Stafford's not very good, Matthew Stafford talent. is fine. Okay, yeah. let's just let's just leave him alone. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Anything else we really want to touch on before we go enjoy this uh, game? Because I know that's what we're all. We're not really even talking about them, and you still can't not say it. God. Jesus. What are you talking about? Nothing. See you guys later. Keeps the football. Takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff, and he scores. Avoided the Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown of the night. Newton keeps. Lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shuttle pass for Caffrey. Touchdown. And off dive for Jonathan Stewart, and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keeping. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years. You know. It is good, and Carolina gets a road win in New England.